0: Good morning and welcome to the Persephone program and today is July 15th, 2021. I can't believe it's July 15th, 2021, but I have a special guest today, Shannon Lee O'Neill Loyola, one of my very favorite people in the world of radical Reiki. Shannon is a Reiki master teacher, a Karuna key Akashic Records channeler, 13th octave, La Ho Chi, psychic medium. She's a licensed massage therapist, um, a breathwork teacher and facilitator. And am I missing anything, Shannon? Because <laughs> you do a lot of stuff.
1: <laughs> uh, I think you covered everything. I'm pretty sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and just like basically all around amazing priestess and, and healer. So if you are listening to this and you don't know her, which you probably do, <laughs> because um, I would highly recommend following her um, at Radical Reiki uh, NY um, on Instagram. Is is that right? Uh, it's just Radical Reiki on Instagram. Yeah, got it. com website. Perfect. Uh, so I met Shannon. I think it was like three or four years ago on. Instagram and I happened to have been traveling to Mexico City where she was living in 2018 mm-hmm. and I hit her up and we met and I think ever since we've been really quite close is that this right is yeah. <laughs> yeah. um
1: it, it was a, a whirlwind of an evening <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it was a blast. It was a total blast. Um, yes, we'll just say that there was mezcal involved <laughs> and singing, and and singing karaoke too. Yeah,
0: yes, and Wonderful. and readings too. I think we had some little mutual readings as well before the mezcal was flowing. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah which was awesome. Mm-hmm. And really, I feel ever since then, well, I think that I felt from the moment that I connected with you online, just an affinity. And it's so interesting to me that this is, this is a real way for people to meet other people that are at the same vibration sort of. Um, And obviously it's more than, I think it's a little bit more than just shared interests.
1: Oh, I agree. 100%. I, I feel like you know, you and Brooke, um, Marcella, and, and so many other of my, who I would consider like friends and peers and close people in this world, I've met through Instagram. And so in a way, this is a social media platform that has given me so much in friendship, in uh, understanding, in business and work. So you know, in a way, I understand how social media can be pretty terrible <laughs> um, in, in a lot of ways. But for me, it's really served me, um, and so I'm actually really grateful for for Instagram as a platform because it's it's allowed me to experience so much and um, reach so many people, and also cultivate amazing relationships. So.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I would never disparage it for that. I mean, I think that like anything else, there's polarity, you know, in this earth dimension. Mm-hmm. And um, so it is, you know, it, it it is and it can be very difficult. You know, you feel, you feel connected and excluded at the same time, you know, and for, I think for people like us that do a lot of work, virtual work and work over, you know, the internet and work over the phone and things like that. Um, we really get that, but this connects us too because it is also true that people that kind of do the kind of work that we all do—the you know that Brooke and Marcella and yourself and I do—you know, which is you know guiding work or healing work or you know providing that kind of energetic, spiritual you know uh, transmission to other people—it's very isolating. It's it's isolating being. In this position too. And this platform has allowed us to all connect and be a support system for each other.
1: It's true. It is isolating, um, but it's also been a bit of a lifeline in terms of not even just Instagram, but it also just connecting and still maintaining these relationships while we're all kind of scattered all over the place. Uh, especially in, in this last year during COVID, I've spent majority of my time, um, of 2020 and 2021, basically alone. Um, and it's been a really interesting, uh, exploration of self and, and seeing what my own limits are and, uh, understanding what my needs are and also realizing that through Instagram, I'm, I, that's how I'm keeping up with a lot of my people. Especially because uh, not everyone has enough space on their phones to download the WhatsApp, <laughs> and that's how I text uh, in in Mexico. It's uh, I use WhatsApp. I don't for some reason T-Mobile won't let me use regular texting. It's a whole thing, but anyway, um, it's part of you know what happens when you live in another country. So, um, so for the people who can't download WhatsApp, you know, I'm, I'm using Instagram as a way to still communicate with with friends who are still in the States. So it's it's interesting, because I think about if what would I have done or what would my experience be like if this was a different time where this didn't exist, you know, it would even be even more isolating and, and more alone. So in a way, social media and, and the online world, has kept me feeling more connected to my people as I've gone through this experience of aloneness.
0: Oh, for sure. I think that that is absolutely true. I think, I think when I was using, you know, using the term isolating, although I do think that it is applicable to social media, I was kind of more being, referring to the kind of work that we do, that you do and I do. It's that sometimes, uh, you know, when you are doing this kind of work, it, it isn't, the kind of work that most people do. So in that way, it can be isolating, Yes, you know? yes. in that way, <gasps> it can definitely be isolating. Um,
1: just to even give you an example, I've been trying to, you know, now that things have, are opening up more, I'm starting to try to like reach out more in my community. And I wound up um, going on a dog walking like group event. And I met someone in that group who uh, I wound up getting pizza with uh, a few weeks ago. And it was like, wow, this is my first experience going out with someone, um, like with a new friend, you know, in this like kind of COVID world. And so uh, we were out and, you know, having to do the whole, this is what I do. And then that turned into like a two-hour conversation. And that really wasn't my point. Um, and it kind of just evolved that way. But for this person, it was like a lot to receive and there was a lot of questions and there was a lot of Mm -hmm. what does this mean? And having to like all of a sudden start navigating like really big life, worldly questions um, that I was kind of like, well, I don't think I'm the qualifier, you know, for this information, I can just give you what I've experienced with spirit and what I've experienced in the Akashic you know, realm. And um, these are the things that I've come to understand, but it's still through the lens of my own understanding and I'm not claiming to have all the answers of the universe. And so there is a lot of those kind of conversations that happen when um, you're talking with, with people who, who, do, who are not in this world. And that can be sometimes hard, especially when you're trying to just have like a night out and, um, you're not expecting to have to have like such a heavy conversation, but such is life, right. In this world, it's kind of like, that just comes with the territory.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I, for sure. I mean, I've lived it for most of my life and that's why, like a lot of times if I do, you know, if I meet people or I'm in a group of people, I may not tell them what I do. I may not say that I can read your palm or, you know, or I'm a astrologer because they will, there's an hour long conversation or there's the requests, you know, uh, the constant requests. Um, but yeah, so it's but, wonderful to find you. And but
1: that's weird, right? Because it's like, in one way, we. it's not that we don't love the work we do. But it's such a, it's just such an interesting thing of trying to find like that balance. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's, I I do love talking about it. Um, but it's just one of those things, right. That it's hard to find that middle line.
0: I, it really, really is. And, um, I, that's why it is so essential. I think it's true for everybody to, to feel like they have a, a community that supports them to they're in their wholeness, you know, and that isn't differentiated too much, you know. I think that it's important that we have a variety of people in our lives, you know, people that maybe don't have any interest in even spirituality. And I, I do have those people. I have a lot of have those friends. friends too. Yeah. I have a lot of friends that are from my old careers that have no interest in this, you know, and we don't yeah. have to talk about it, you know, even though it is my entire life, you know, it's all I think about, or mostly, you know. Right, exactly. Um, so I mentioned earlier that I feel like that you're one of the most magical people that I've ever met, and you also are one of the few of my my friends around the world that are, you know, spiritual healers and teachers and things like that, that is involved in more of what I would call the Western mystery, mystery tradition, which is kind of how I was raised. And we've talked about this before Um, that there are many traditions. There are many ways to find and seek um, certain kinds of, I guess you'd call them, spiritual truths objective spiritual truths um understanding of forces in the universe and one way is what you would call the western mystery path you know from europe and you know the environs probably like all things originating in africa you know which everything did um north africa and things like that and so I find that also another connection between us is that, that you study and are interested in, um, you know, the Western mystery traditions of what you would call the occult, you know, um, the Kabbalah, the, you know, the, the Tarot and traditional, um, and that includes, you know, some, I guess you would call Christian or pseudo Christian and hermetic mystery traditions. So tell me about like how that how you found that and how you feel about this particular I guess actionable um magical path.
1: Yeah, um so it's always been on the outskirts of my awareness like I've had um, a copy of uh Dion Fortune's Mystical Kabbalah for years. Actually mm. I have a copy in New York. Um I have some stuff of mine that's still held in New York uh, in in bins. (laughs) And some of those things are my books. Um, And so it's always been in my awareness. um, Although I don't think I would have had the space or the opportunity to really delve deep into the Western mysteries um, had it not been for for COVID. Um, In the beginning of COVID, I had decided to close my books for a few months, um, and I spent a lot of my time studying. And uh, a big part of that exploration was through my school, um, which is 22 Teachings. It's based out in L.A., um, and my teacher, Naha Armandy, and... um, And now uh, exploring Thalama with my teacher, Marco Visconti. Um, So it's been, I had my year anniversary recently with 22 Teachings. um, And it has been transformative uh, in so many ways because it wasn't, until I was really deeply exploring the Western Mystery Path, that I was able to really finally see the Tarot. Um, I had never really had any interest in the tarot in my whole life. Um, and I even had some eh, preconceived ideas about the tarot. And I also uh, kind of felt like, oh, the tarot is for people who aren't psychic or can't, you know receive mm-hmm. information, they need, you know, rely on cards and, um, which is completely not the case. And, and these are some limited beliefs that I've had to let go of. And so I understand now, and I have a strip, a bigger scope on the tarot and what it can, what it can do. Um, but it had to be through this path that I have, I was able to then really witness and, and, uh, understand the tarot. So it's been a really beautiful journey because um, it gave me such a focus and it gave me a passion again for for learning. I think that sometimes practitioners can get really stuck in the work that they do. Um, and this was another another way for me to expand and I felt like all the other work that I've done has been leading me to this point. And um so much of the Western Mystery Path is is about being able to balance the elements within your solar body. And um I don't think I would have really been able to I don't think I would have been able to really fully grasp that had it not been for, for the work that led me here prior. So I really felt like I came into this path equipped to be able to navigate it in, in the best way. Um, And so it's, it's also a path that you're constantly evolving and learning. It's, there's no cap to it. And I think that's what is also appealing to me, um, that it's just, it's ever evolving and, um, you're, you're a student, you're a student for life.
0: Definitely. I I always tell people that, um, you know, the, the, the path to enlightenment or just to even the refinement of consciousness, you know, or the elevation of consciousness that expands to a deeper awareness, you know, which is what many of us are on, you know, this, this, you know, hopefully expanding and raising our consciousness you know which includes our solar body our lunar body and all the different levels right. but that we never it's you know life itself is not like some ascension to a plateau you know where you're like a guru or a sage and just sit there it's true about anything i feel that way about my my studies too i've been studying a long time i don't i'm still learning every every day every moment you know and i love that it makes it makes life this incredible journey, you know, of awareness and transformation that is ever evolving, as you say, you know?
1: Exactly. And yeah. it, I, I, it just came at a perfect time for me um, where I could devote the time to put into it because it is super dense. Um, I mean, even pathworking and gamatria and uh, starting to learn hebrew and wow it's just you know i really i really don't think i would have been able to do this you know five ten years ago so it's it's been incredible and it's like the more i learn also the more i realize i don't know anything either and that's that was the biggest takeaway of my one-year anniversary through this process um, of training and schooling and uh, but aside from like the, the theory and, and undertaking the knowledge, the way it's been applicable for me is like the actual practices have been so transformative. Um, performing high magic ritual uh, in, has been incredible as a tool. Um, it's been a great way for me to also process other things in my life. Um, It's been, it's been a godsend also for me as I've been processing uh, more grief um, in the last year since I've lost uh, my Tia. So it's, it's been a really great way um, for me to reset and to come back to myself every single day. And it's, it's ritual work that's actionable, and I really enjoy employing my body and my voice in the process um, and movement. So, the Western Mystery Path, you know, High Magic is considered the the yoga of the West, and I really feel that when I do this work. So it's been it's been incredible, um, but also life itself as a teacher um particularly grief and death has also been one of my biggest teachers you know in this lifetime too and it's it's that's also ever evolving that's um and it's especially this past year
0: yeah i i really you know see that in you um and um you know you are someone that has had to, I guess, go through what you would call the initiatory portals, you know, of grief and death and rebirth. And, but fortunately it has created in you a, a really a power, a deeper sense, you know, of the, I guess you call the objective truth of all that is, you know, which is a kind of a immortality, you know? And I think that when you, when you go through kinds of senses of trauma, you know, like you have in your life through the loss of your parents and, and many other things early in your life, um, they can be initiatory portals into a, a deeper mystery. And, you know, that, is a hard thing for many people to accept, you know, it isn't that it's easy, but it is that it shows you through the experience of it, your true power, you know, which different types of like spiritual um, practices do, you know, you mentioned the yoga of the West and it's kind of like, the truth is, is that you are this immortal spiritual being having this earthly experience. And, you know, that, can be an abstract idea or you can like live and embody that you know like you do and know it you know and it's like you don't know it until you know it and so life is meant to be experienced and only I think through experience can you have these insights and revelations of empowerment like you have it makes you powerful
1: yeah I um well, thank you. And, and thank you also for, for everything you've said <laughs> about me, um, in this podcast so far, it's, you know, it's like intense <laughs> and, and beautiful. Uh, so thank you. And, um, because I receive
0: I it, girl, just receive it.
1: <laughs> you, um, so, you know, I, I, I see everything that you say about me, I see in you, um, but yes, I think that in, in my experience, uh, death has been really initiatory in many ways. Um, it's I remember something you had said to me once in one of my birthday astrological year ahead readings, you had said that that in my current incarnation, a big part of my experience is to like, toe the line of darkness and that there's like an attraction to darkness, and um, and that's not a bad thing. And I and I've always felt that, and I've always agreed with that um, that notion, right? And darkness embodies so many things; it's not one thing. And for me, the darkness has been one of my biggest teachers as well. Like I've sat in so much darkness that sometimes I think. I even have a hard time seeing light in some, in some ways. Um, but that in itself has been a lesson, like in my, I think more in my thirties has been like being okay with like hanging out with light now. And, and even so, so far as even to like wear
0: color, <laughs> like even in the material realm of what color is. Um, it's so funny that you mentioned that. Okay. Because I, okay. So <laughs> You know me like you, I wear black all the time. Yes. So this morning, I, my guides told me wear this dress, wear this dress. And this is from my tia who passed away, who lived in Mexico city for years and years and years. And I have, I think I showed you some of these dresses. Like mm-hmm. I have a bunch of, of these Mexican dresses and, um, and I was like, ah, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I have this great black tank top with you know snakes on it or something <laughs> so it's just funny that you say that because I yeah. agree, and I feel this similarly I think that the darkness is something that we incorporate into mm-hmm. our lives we don't need it's the idea here is balancing the elements like you mentioned earlier
1: right exactly um that's just funny that because right now I'm actually wearing a black tank top it's uh safe. <laughs>
0: Um, (laughs) I took mine off I put this on Uh, the the listeners can't see me but I'm wearing like a a white dress with like all this like bright color embroidery on it um kind of in honor of of Shannon who is um of Mexican descent so I love it I did notice that right when we got on
1: um you know (sighs) when you grow up leaning so much in the darkness, because you feel so home there, Um, I always felt so understood there. And it's, you know, it's punk, it's, it's, it's everything, right? And Uh I think that, uh, I think that allowed me to handle even like Catholic school, 12 years of Catholic school. It was like having a little bit of anti and <laughs> in, in, in any respect it was like a way to balance that out too. So now as I've gotten older, it's been more about like, well, how do I balance my darkness now? So even when it comes to like clothing choices, um, I've branched out, you know, with more color, um, what will not change though, is my hair color. I've, I'm, my hair has been black for over 20 years and it's gonna be black for, uh, for a long time. So I have a, I have a goal when I turn 50 that when I turn 50, I'm gonna um, go like gray, like super gray and cut like up to my chin and still keep bangs, but kind of have like this mod haircut. Oh,
0: that's, that's gonna be like, amazing.
1: That's like my fiftieth. That's been my fiftieth goal for for some time now.
0: So I've well, got- I hope to celebrate your fiftieth with you.
1: Yeah, we got eleven years. So
0: yeah, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, I'll be around. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll be around too. That's incredible. I've seen how you know, and I I think that working on oneself. All right, now I know that you probably get clients as I do that feel, you know, that they're kind of just like walking through, uh, fate. Okay. That they, that their lives are almost like inevitable or that fate seems to happen to them and that they are not empowered. And the thing is, is that, and there are many people in you know even in our realm you know i mean and of course there are that are that are healers and that are 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 guides or teachers or mediums or psychics or intuitives or what have you that aren't working on their own spiritual consciousness mm-hmm. and that is a little bit of an issue in my opinion because you may have talent, you may have talent as an intuitive, you may have talent as a reader, you may have talent even as a, as an energy healer, and you haven't worked on your own consciousness, which is much of, you know, the, that's a big issue because then there's, you know, there's issues of power that you have when you are, you know, guiding or healing or whatever. And Mm -hmm. if you haven't worked on yourself, you can transmit, messages in a difficult way, you can hurt rather than help.
1: Yeah. And I've actually have witnessed that in the community. Um, And I think I, I wouldn't have been able to, I wouldn't have been able to have seen that had I not have been looking at it from a different place consciously. And I say that not to make it seem like, oh, because I'm working on myself and I'm better. It's just it's not that it's an observation. It's that, it's that, Oh, where I was with this person, I'm not that version of myself anymore. I've shifted. I've changed because my consciousness has changed. And so when I see that the other person hasn't evolved and it doesn't have to evolve, they don't have to evolve in the way that I am. But when you see like, such a difference, it's obvious and that that's difficult. Um, And I've had to learn discernment around that too, because it's also not my decision or place to even bring that up with someone either, even if it's, if I'm friends with them, like that's maybe it's part of their will to stay in that particular way and it's not mine so how do you even broach that subject but i do see it it is something that i have noticed in my personal opinion i also feel the same way as you that it's important that you hold yourself and your consciousness uh in accountability i think that that's really important um (laughs) And I, and, and that's partly why I do the work that I do with myself. Like the Western mystery path is, is one of many paths that I've explored personally, um, but that's not a path that I'm gonna necessarily share with clients in a way like classwork or maybe teaching. Like that's my own, for now, that's my own thing. Um, and it has it influenced my work. Yes, it has just like other paths, um, I think we have to evaluate every few months. Does this still work for me? Am I still in alignment with this? Maybe something worked for you before, but that path is that door is now closed. I've seen that with many other friends of mine. Um, I knew, I knew a woman who was part of the Nichiren Dai Shonen, um, Buddhist tradition for over 20 years and she had walked away from that to follow a really actually radical uh, path that I did not have any alignment with whatsoever. I was invited to uh, sit in on like a group lecture and a video experience about what this group and path was about and it was like an immediate no for me. Um, and it actually later I'd come to find out that this person who was kind of like this path happened to be involving a woman who was channeling a specific entity who had then written and channeled a book. Um, but it was basically a cult and about three people I know left New York to change their whole lives, to follow this woman, the channeled entity, and be a part of what I consider a cult. Um, Now, I can judge that, and I can say, you know, this. I think this is dangerous, and there were things that had happened that are really questionable, like ethically and morally. But then... Where's that line? Because I think that in some ways that was their path. That was their journey. That was their experience too, as a soul to maybe go through that. So I had, do I have my own judgments around that? Yes. Uh, Do I have a hard time with accepting some of that? Yes. Uh, But I honor now I can honor it more as like, that's their path when maybe 10 15 years ago i would have been like absolutely not that's bullshit etc <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know yeah. that's a good example of um, your your personal uh increase in consciousness you know which w- which ultimately makes one more tolerant you know understanding yeah. that mm-hmm. and you know earlier you had mentioned the tarot and the tarot can also be used especially i mean the major arcana predominantly as a way of anchoring into uh, human spirituality or the spiritual path, the soul's evolution Mm -hmm. through um, earthly experiences. And so there are lots of different ways to kind of like um, understand how we can, you know, I guess, essentially become the best version of ourselves, whatever that path may be, but hopefully it has to do with restraining some of what you would consider to be your base powers a kind of inner alchemy if you will taking baseness and refining it whether it is ignorance to sort of certain kinds of understanding or working on the physical body and um you know taking what you would consider to be your base instincts your animal instincts and you know working with that energetically your emotional body all these different things um working on evolving your consciousness help yeah. that's not really like it's it's I guess it does sound a bit judgy um, on my part to say that there are a lot of people maybe people out there doing akashic records readings or or intuitive readings or even Reiki or astrology or any of the these you know types of arts um, that may not be highest vibe they may not be um you know, on a, a higher level evolution, meaning that they, you know, we're all people, like you said earlier, you know, you're, you're, um, when you work with clients, it comes through your consciousness, it comes through the filter of you. Uh, and that is okay. But I would just say that I have this platform of <laughs> this podcast. And so I just want to mention that I think it's important that people choose people that they resonate with. Yes. Um, That you, you know, uh, because there's a lot of people in power, there may be people that have, you know, 100,000 followers that may not, you may not vibe with. And, you know, I've had many clients come to me, too many probably, that have said, oh my God, an astrologer told me my mother was going to die. I was going to have a horrible year. Uh, Just really bad shit, (laughs) you know? And There's a lot of that in all of these different sectors
1: of spirituality, unfortunately, Um, and a lot of emails from from people who have been, unfortunately, you know, filled with fear from another practitioner. And then they wind up creating belief systems around that fear, right? Um, and that can be really debilitating for someone. Um, And so dismantling a lot of that and empowering people is, I would rather someone walk away feeling empowered and never book with me ever again. I remember when I was in massage school, yep. my shiatsu teacher at the time said, "If I see a client more than three times, then I'm I'm doing something wrong." My goal is so that they never come back to me again, and that yeah. something that has stayed with me for for a long time. So even when it was like predominantly when my focus was more on my energy work practice in New York, um, if I saw someone over the span of like a short time, but many sessions and I didn't really see like any major shifts or changes, I would uh, refer them out to another practitioner. Yeah, Because something's not shifting and changing. And, um, if I'm not going to be a participant in their shifting, then I'm going to refer them to someone else that maybe can help, you know? So it's their own power. Yes. But as a facilitator, we're maybe helping and guiding that process, even though it's their own. Um, but I think that's really important. We have to recognize that. And that's why I have like a six month, uh, limit. So if a client comes for me for an Akashic reading, then I don't see them for another six months. So when clients ask, you know, how many can I do a year? Um, either one or two a year with six months in between.
0: Wow. I love that you are doing that and limiting that. I definitely try and do that as well. And I think that that is just, it just shows um, your, you know, again, your refinement of consciousness, you know, it shows, you um, you know, that you don't, you're not using your quote unquote power, you know, to keep people in their thrall, you know, like they do in a cult. Um, Yeah. You know, the thing is, is that when, you know, for, for forever people have used the mysteries um, of, of life, you know, uh, through what you would call spirituality or religion to control people, because it really is ultimately the biggest question that most people have. Why am I here and what is going on? You know and a lot of it's invisible so and when you work actually, in the invisible realm yeah. you have a lot of power or you can you know
1: you know something that has been kind of coming up recently um is is also like men <laughs> and their realm in power and yeah. uh, in all paths and it's like it's been a discussion that i think that needs to happen more. And I think people need to be aware of this, that I am all for men healing. I I actually have quite a few men in my practice. Um, Even when I was in New York, you know, I had finance dudes coming to see me, you know, and would have uh, breakdowns on the table um, because they were letting things go. They were purging, they were healing. And so there are genuine men who are doing the work that want to heal. On the other side of that, there's also a lot of men, um, particularly in the Western mysteries, um, you know, and, and, in the occult that don't know how to hold power. Mm-hmm. They haven't mastered that. And it's so obvious. And I think that, um, in, in that realm, in, if you wanna say new age, even though I can't stand that, um, if, in all paths of spirituality, we have to be really discerning too about, I think men and their messages uh, because, and women, there's women who are also, unfortunately, uh, who don't know how to hold to power either. Um, but I will say, that a conversation I think needs to be had more is, is uh, discernment around men in spirituality. Um, because I've heard so many horror stories of, of women just uh, with boundaries being crossed and, and manipulation and fear tactics, um, so that they can be held up on these pedestals of men in power, that they have the answers, that they are the one and only. And and so I think we need to be so careful. I think there's a lot of baby, uh, you know, at least this term that's been around, been turning around now, uh, baby witches. <laughs> there's like oh a yeah. <laughs> community um, of young people who are identifying as, as baby witches, which I don't love, but if that's what you wanna do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there's so much information that we have access to on the internet and we don't have to research as much anymore, uh, which I think is a big problem. Um, I think that, you know, coming away uh, from intellectualism, I think is a problem. There's so much information in books. uh, I think reading is fundamental (laughs) Um, and just getting all of your information from one person on the internet, I think is a problem.
0: Oh my God. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I could not agree more. I mean, I think that it's dangerous. Okay. So there, I can't remember who who, the quote, but it was like a little information can be extremely dangerous, you know, and Mm -hmm. there's way too much shallow information and um, and there's way too many opportunities for people actually to gain followers and or energy from people by feeding them misinformation. Because if you want to study something like witchcraft and, and, and I've had conversations with baby witches, quote unquote, and of course it as an older, I guess, an older person, you know, um, in this world, uh, or meaning that, you know, I'm in my early fifties and I've been doing it a long time we, I, I didn't have access to the incredible breadth of information, like everything at a, you know, at your fingertips internet, when I was starting my studies, it was like you mentioned earlier, you know, reading Dion Fortune, reading Crowley, reading all of these, um, you know, really kind of deep and esoteric books and information. And it was slow and it was steady and it's very internal. I mean, everything is, it's about, your own consciousness through the information. And now we have a lot of people that feel like they can call themselves a witch because they lit a candle because they, you know, bought sage because they dress in black or what have you, you know, or they're interested in what you, you know the the types of trappings, you know, fashion mm-hmm. or whatever that's not what it's about. You know, this is actual hard spiritual work, you know, like a, it's a spiritual practice more not than nip- anything else.
1: Because you're working with.
0: Yeah. It takes a long time if you really want to do magic and you have to study. You can't just call yourself a witch because, you know, you're lighting Palo Santo or something, you know, and, and it's fun, like, here's an example. Yesterday, um, was Ernesto's birthday and his niece came over, his two nieces came over and they brought some crystals that they had bought over. And one of them was 14 and one of them was 10. And so, you know, I have like a, a witch's loft set up, you know, and I got an altar and I got all this stuff. Right. And, um, and they said, Hey, I got these, these stones and like, how do I, one of, the, one of the girls said, how should I clean them? Because we just bought them at Sticks and Stones, Stone Shop. And I was like, okay. And I'm telling you all this stuff. And then her sister says, oh, well, I, read, I saw on TikTok that you're supposed to do it like this. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Lua, then I guess you should follow your TikTok person instead of me. Was, <laughs> you know and I was kind of snarky with her, but I was like, yeah, But that's the problem. Mm-hmm. You know? she's like well I heard you have to do it like this and you have to wash them in warm water and then the, the, my tiktok you know it's like a little bit of it inf- and it's not that it's bad it doesn't matter whether she washes her new crystals really you know in warm water and detergent or puts them through sage or does it exactly like this but there's just a lot of misinformation or it's it's like almost like a, a game of telephone you know where And I guess it's always been like that, you know, it's always been a situation where some traditions or some revelations or whatever, get lost in translation. And that's what's happening right now, big time.
1: And like, how about checking in with your own higher self? Like, I feel like, yeah, is. I've been trying to like work with this with my clients. Like, you have a soul that you can convene with and ask for guidance you have your own direct channel to source and
0: And lots of guides too
1: you know guides too but it's like even that like no offense to my guides i love my guides and i work with my guides but like lately i haven't been wanting to even ask my guides like i want to ask my soul i want to ask me the
0: self, yeah, the deepest, yeah. the highest self, the deepest and, self, yeah.
1: And I think that people are forgetting that that's an option. Like you have your own connection to source that you can be uh,
0: asking oh, oh. for. Definitely.
1: Even if there's five, six, ten, infinite ways to clear energy from a stone maybe one of those is gonna feel more resonant to you. And so ask your higher soul self, which, which method is going to be um, more aligned with you.
0: Absolutely. And I, I think that if, you know, honestly, if more people did that, that we wouldn't have a lot of the kind of crime of manipulation that's out there too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, I know that in my own journey, my spiritual journey, it's about empowerment, you know, mm-hmm. personal empowerment. And then I feel that the more I become empowered through my own spiritual journey of connecting to self, that I also am, you know, in the world, hopefully am helping others to find that too, you know,
1: you know, and I think just to go back to empowerment um, and more and more, and I've, I've mentioned this on my stories a few months back, but more and more, I'm starting to not even believe in curses anymore because it's Same. work on your own consciousness. It's like you're transcending whatever energetic that was to begin with. Um, it's even said that in doing high magic, you're working on your consciousness and that you can even at some points, you um, through this path, even transcend your own astrology.
0: Okay, love that you said that because the whole time you were saying this, I was like, I have to talk about this. I have to talk about this. All right. So, the other day, I was listening to a really interesting podcast, um, which was an interview with Dr. Justin Sledge, who is I don't know if you he's got a YouTube channel called Esoterica, and he oh, is yes, I love that channel. I yeah. know he is amazing, yeah. and he was talking about astrology and Judaism. This was on the astrology podcast. And um, of course that is my part of part of my family lineage as that my mom was, my grandfather was like a hundred percent Ashkenazi Jewish, which is the, the wandering (laughs) tribes of Israel in, in Europe. And so it's really interesting. So I wanted to, you know, hear what he had to say about astrology and Judaism and in ancient Judaism, Mm -hmm. but he was talking about the The idea here is that in organized religion and especially in Judaism and monotheism in general, that if there is this one God who is omnipotent, you know, and it knows everything, you know, how does astrology fit into it and how does the idea of fate fit into it? And he was discussing just what you mentioned, which was that um, there was a, there was some form form of a parable about uh, a woman who was given a, prediction by an ancient astrologer and of course in ancient astrology it was extremely predictive and fate oriented and the the stars and the wandering stars the fixed stars and the planets were like gods or goddesses or deities and that they you know we one had to submit if you will unless you did you know certain types of rituals and prayers Mm -hmm. And this woman, basically, she, she did something positive. She actually at her, she was predicted to die on her wedding day, but on her wedding day, she happened to transcend her astrology by, by giving away her food to a wandering beggar. The idea here is that if you, if you can work on yourself and understand your fate, understand your astrology um, and Work on your consciousness too. It isn't just understand, it's not just forewarned, being forearmed by knowing, say, what a bad transit is. But if you work on your consciousness, you can exactly, as you said, transcend your difficult astrology. You can work with your positive astrology and you can also work with your negative astrology. You can turn scars into stars and you can turn a difficult, really like traditionally horrible, you know, um, transit into something different. I 100% believe that.
1: Yeah. I mean, as you know, I mean, I'm, I'm a fixed earth sign as a Taurus. And I think that how I could see how I've transcended some of that aspect of myself. So years ago, um, one in one of my long-term relationships, one of our constant battles was that I could never apologize and that I had to be always right. Yeah. Was that super toxic? Totally. That's what it was dating me in my twenties, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you know? And look, I have been able to overcome that inflexibility.
0: It makes my heart sing. You know, but like in
1: intimate relationships, that would be something that would come out. And I've learned um, with a partner that I've been kind of on and off with for a few years now, like I see see it now. I see when that comes up and I'm able to go, you're right. I'm sorry. And I'm a third. I'm years old. (laughs) So, you know what I mean? But it's like in other aspects of my life, I have no problem saying, Hey, I'm wrong about this. But like, when it comes to intimate, personal dating relationships, that was a struggle. So that is an example of, of a transcending, you know, some of my astrology, but also raising my consciousness, um, to have the awareness about it. And I think, I think self-awareness and being aware of your issues and your things like that is transcending your consciousness. So that is raising your vibration and consciousness, um, just about in relation to changing your earthly human behaviors. So, you know, if we, if we see it that way, you know, we could be supporting our consciousness all the time.
0: 100%. And, and the thing is, is that, you know, like astrology as a tool is a wonderful opportunity for you to see your cosmic reflection, okay, or your programming and mm-hmm. understanding too, that you you embody your astrology. It, it isn't you. The truth of who you are is that immortal soul. You know, you are having an experience right, right. now, and this is your your general, that's why I like to call it your psycho-spiritual DNA your your natal astrology because it's the building blocks of you but just like your own DNA like in your own DNA you may have a propensity to have type 2 diabetes or to carry a lot of weight you know on your butt or something you know but you don't have to you know and with awareness like you know if you've got you know you you understand that type 2 diabetes is in your you know genetic like mine you know framework uh you be careful you try and eat properly you know Mm -hmm. it's the same thing with like understanding who you are like knowing you know using the idea of you're a fixed sign you have a lot of fixed signs in your in your astrology like flexibility of consciousness is something that you are striving towards Mm -hmm. um, and achieving like i could say for mine it's kind of the opposite of like for me i like to run away i like always want to run away staying is you know, and being more fixed is something I'm trying to cultivate too, because I have my North node in Taurus. So, <laughs> but again, it's just, this gives you, it just, it's just another structure to kind of attempt and you don't even need it. You know, you don't need astrology. You don't need any of this stuff if you connect to your higher self. Yeah. But, so you you your records either. Yeah. But it's just, it's just a structure, but you know, at the same time, mm-hmm. our, our brains are wired for structure. And so it helps. It helps. Um, yeah. it helps, but, but, but the whole idea here with what you're doing, um, is li- like a light refining your consciousness over life, like, un, you know, transcending, um, some of the, the things that have the structures, you know, that have brought you down, you know, mm-hmm. and understanding that life is like this infinite, exciting, learning adventure. Yeah. And, you know, you're amazing. I want to mention one other quick thing before we hang up. Um, you know, when you gave me, you did a, a really beautiful, one of your rose ceremony healings on me when you were visiting and when you were doing the ceremony on like <laughs> I mentioned this to you before I had a total vision like I was like tr- 100% transported into another time in space and you were a priestess in Egypt and I was with you and we were actually singing ancient songs to the dead yeah. and basically part of the embalming, the magical embalming process <laughs> mm-hmm. of I know this sounds so weird. And I don't know why I feel like I have to mention it to you, but I feel like you've been doing this work in many lifetimes. And, many, many lifetimes.
1: Yeah. And I think the soul resonance, um, it, it's just, whenever I experience this with someone, um, like you, it's just a reminder
0: that, yeah, soul families exist. Yeah. Yeah. And they can be certainly stronger and closer, more intimate and loving even than certainly your biological family. Yes. Which often, you know, often occur, I think to almost like be friction-based rocket fuel to like poise you out, you know. know what I mean? It's like, I, I don't know that many people that have. You know, we have this idea that that our biological families are supposed to be like these wonderful, loving, and rich, rich, fertile ground for us to grow. But instead, uh, they often are almost more like, you know, they're so friction oriented that uh, it it becomes a little bit of a different, a different kind of fuel. Oh yeah, not not food, but yeah, the soul family. I mean,
1: most of the people who I feel like really see me aren't in
0: my family. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> me too. Well, um, I see you. I think that you are an incredible human being. It is my true honor, my honor to be, um, your friend and, um, ally and, uh, big advocate. So if you have it, like I said, if for some reason, and I doubt that's true, but if you have listening to this podcast and haven't met or seen or followed Shannon. She's an incredible, um, healer and teacher, and you can find her at radical Reiki, um, radicalreiki.com. I highly recommend getting a reading with her. Um, she's just like highest level consciousness, um, healer and teacher and teaches, um, Reiki. There's not a lot of people. You're really the only person right now. I think there's one other person, maybe I know, that's doing um, any kind of Reiki teaching, and I always recommend you for that. Um, and, you know, we need, we need healers in, out in the world. So, you know, I would highly recommend you join um, Shannon's programs that you get trained by her, and um, the world needs you. Thank,
1: thank you, you, Michelle. It's an honor to be asked to be on this podcast with you, and uh, oh. I love you very much.
0: Have a beautiful day and we will talk soon. And I appreciate all that you are and all that you do. Thank you. Bye.